Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey friends, welcome to the Terrifying Texas Podcast. I'm your favorite host, is Lexi. And I'm your favorite host, Frankie. There can only be one favorite, though. Does this mean we have to fight to the death in a cool, choreographed martial arts battle like in the movie The One from 2001 and have let the body sit the floor blasting in the background? No, I've never even seen that movie. Really but we could do rock, paper, scissors. Sounds good. Good luck, young Padawan. Well, that settles that. I guess we know who the favorite host is. So, I guess I'm your favorite hostess. Before we get into today's episode, we decided to add a new segment in the beginning of the episode where we talk about an either funny or spooky news article from the great state of Texas that we come across throughout the week. I got lucky and I'm going first this week. So let's begin, shall we? Let's go. So the first one I found, it's funny, a traveler at Houston's Hobby Airport was caught trying to hide meth inside of a breakfast taco, and it was from Papa's Barbecue nonetheless, which, I mean, those things are already addictive as hell, so I don't know why the hell he was trying to sneak Wait, meth in it. A meth-fist taco. Get out of here. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, we have to finish the episode. Fine, I'll come back. The next one is an animal shelter volunteer found a poodle roaming the streets of Corpus Christi, and he returned the dog to the owner in New Mexico four years after he went missing. They have no idea how the dog ended up in Texas. They were from actually Albuquerque, New Mexico, so go figure. That's like not that far away. That's 13 hours away. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, but a dog, they didn't visit Texas. That's the thing. I mean, everybody ends up here. It's better. Uh, the next one is a woman whose Guinness World Record breaking fingernails were combined 24 feet long. She went to Fort Worth dermatologist to have them cut for the first time in nearly 30 years. Yeah, I've seen her. I saw her on My Strange Addiction, I think. How do you wipe your ass with nails that long? She explained it in the episode. So I'll show you the episode if you want. No, thank you. But I don't trust how sanitary... Um, that is, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, well, thanks for that enthralling news. Anytime. So, now, back, oh, go ahead. Back to business. What's on the entree for today's episode? Well, today's special is the Deadly Depths of Critter Lake in Conroe, Texas. That sounds like some thalassophobia type of lake. Why don't you get us started, my partner in crime? 
Well, not many people have actually heard of Crater Lake. On the surface, it looks like any other pond or lake that's scattered around Montgomery County. There's no big sign. There's no visit this lake type sign like the giant potato in Idaho. Although it may seem normal, this lake is the furthest thing from it. In 1933, Conroe, Texas, which is about 45 miles north of Houston, was home to around 60 oil wells. It was producing close to 70,000 barrels of oil in a single day, making it one of the top oil fields in the United States at the time. There was a well that was owned by the Standard Oil of Kansas that experienced a catastrophic gusher, giggity, which resulted in an explosion engulfing the well with flames over 150 feet high. The explosion caused the ground to crater, swallowing the nearby drilling rigs and creating a literal lake of burning oil. They did attempt to put out the fire by throwing dirt at it and even blasting it with dynamite. Hey, one second. I'm not the smartest man in the world. Yeah. But wouldn't throwing an explosive, like, dynamite cause the burning oil to, like, you know, splatter everywhere and make it worse? Well, I guess. I don't know. Would it? I mean, I assume so, unless they know some kind of, like, science that we don't. What's dynamite made out of? Um, explosive, I think. Well, I know, but like, what is it made out of? Why I mean, would they throw it into burning oil? That's what I'm saying. Like, are they some smart scientists that we don't know the science behind it? I feel kind of stupid. I don't really use dynamite too often, so I can't really tell, but. You know who we need to ask? Brian. Shout out to Brian. Oh, yeah, I guess. He's an explosive person. <laughs> He's got an explosive personality. Yeah. Anyways, the lake burned for months. It was said that the thick smoke could be seen from Houston. For reference, downtown Houston to Conroe is around 40 miles away. A man by the name of George Everett Failing managed to drill around 12 relief wells, which relieved the pressure that was building up and fed more oil into the crater, thus keeping it going. The Humboldt Oil Company ended up purchasing the lake and proceeding to skim the remaining oil that was seeping into the lake. This allowed them to avoid the allowable productions regulations that Texas had, which made them a fat profit. At the end of 1933, another relief was drilled into that lake, and the flow of oil finally stopped. Water began to take the place of the oil, and in its wake, Crater Lake was born. Crater Lake had a rough beginning, but it wasn't the end of the abnormal existence that it has. For a while after its creation, the lake was used as a hangout spot for many of the residents in the surrounding area, a local man by the name of Troy King stated that he remembered walking to the lake, which was less than a mile from his home, and would swim in it often. Now, he had no desire to replicate the experience with his kids. He told Cron.com, quote, I wish I could take them out there, but it's gotten very dangerous. You just don't know what you're growing up on. Crater Lake was always kind of known as a dumping ground. People would ditch their cars there or any unwanted items. Like bodies. Nobody wants those around. Closet's getting too full, you know? Spoilers, but yes, the lake was considered to be bottomless. I'm a bottomless pit for milkshakes and smoothies. I can drink all of them and still have room for more. Can we get some Smoothie King after this? I'm craving a daily warrior now. You know I don't like smoothies, Frankie, but let's get back on track. Just a heads up, guys. It gets pretty dark here. In 1979, a 12-year-old named Lisa Michelle Jackson was found strangled in a field off of 3083, which is a road near the lake. In 1986, a group of friends went to the lake to reminisce about all the good times they had growing up there. 
but instead their plans changed when they found a partially submerged body of a man who was stabbed and shot to death. More recently, a lady by the name of Sandra Stotler was found dead in the lake. She was a victim of the now infamous Michael Perry and Jason Burkett. Since then, at least three more bodies have been discovered in or around Crater Lake. According to Lieutenant Dan Norris of the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, no affiliation to Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump, by the way, the the murders have nothing in common with the other locations they were disposed of. A man by the name of Jared Llewellyn, who is a dive master at the Montgomery County Precinct 1 dive team, dove into the lake in April of 2018. As a suspect in the case, told detectives that he had thrown some evidence into the lake. The dive team was a bit apprehensive about going in, as there were so many rumors surrounding the lake. One being that the lake was over 600 feet deep, and another that the lake was actually bottomless. Very off topic again. Did you know that Red Robin has bottomless floats? You know what? To hell with diabetes. I said we go get some, please. I don't think that would be responsible as, like, of me as a wife, so I don't think so. Like I said, to hell with diabetes. Okay, well, not. The following is a direct excerpt from his interview. It was admittedly a little scary diving into it after hearing all the rumors. I thankfully found that it just did have a bottom at approximately 35 feet. The dive conditions were surreal. Just from my observations, the sediment and oil seemed to form a dense film about seven feet thick at the surface. Once you descended past seven feet, all light was gone. I cannot overemphasize how incredibly dark it was. I've never experienced anything like it. It was a complete absence of light, like you were in a dark closet with the light off at night and had a blindfold over your eyes. Many of us on the dime team still talk about it to this day. It took some nerve to dive in the cold and pitch black like that. You almost felt like a tethered astronaut in space. There were many obstructions and branches on the bottom which would often temporarily tangle our safety line. We are used to blackout conditions like murky bottoms, but there is usually a little residual light, but not in this case. We searched the bottom and we found several stolen vehicles submerged in the lake in the process of looking for the evidence. In 2001, Crater Lake and Conroe were put in the spotlight by a documentary called Into the Abyss. The film is about a man named Michael Perry who was on death row for the murder of Sandra Stotler, which we talked about earlier. Uh, She was a 50-year-old nurse. He had confessed to two more murders in Conroe, Texas. Apparently, the crimes were because he wanted to steal a car for a joyride. Um, In his confession, he stated that he and his friend Jason Burkett decided to steal a car of another friend's, Adam Stotler's parents. His friend Jason knocked on the door and asked to use the phone. Meanwhile, Perry snuck in through the back door with a shotgun and hid in the laundry room. He proceeded to knock on the back door to lure Sandra and then proceeded to shoot her in the side. She had fallen and when she attempted to get back up, he shot her once more. They loaded up her body in the back of a truck and rolled her into the nearby crater lake. They went to go pick up another friend whose name was Kristen Willis and they returned to the Stotler house. When their friend Adam arrived home, he had another friend Jeremy with him. The three convinced Adam and Jeremy that someone had been shot in the woods and that they needed help. Adam and Jeremy followed the three in a truck into the nearby woods. According to Perry, Burkett shot Jeremy and then Adam and then they left them there. They returned to the Stotler house and went to a bar right afterwards. Not even two days later, Perry was arrested following a high-speed chase from a simple traffic violation. He was arrested under the guise of Adam Stotler since he had his ID on him from when they murdered him. 
After posting bail a few days later, he was in another stolen vehicle with Burkett and they ran into a deputy's car while trying to escape arrest again. I'm seeing a pattern here. They were found hiding in an apartment complex nearby where the shotgun that was used to kill Sandra was. They were able to match the shotgun to the evidence found near Crater Lake and Perry was convicted of Sandra Stotler's murder. Man, this guy seems like a real piece of shit. Like, you want to steal a car, go for it. It's not worth losing your life because some waste of oxygen wants to go for a joyride. She absolutely didn't deserve to go this way. Perry's final words, quote, I want to start off by saying I want everyone to know that is involved in this atrocity that they are forgiven by me. He cried like a little bitch and said, Mom, I love you. I'm coming home, Dad. I'm coming home. Yeah, I hope you're home as hell, you absolute waste of existence. Here are some more of the victims that have been found in or around Crater Lake. The badly charred and decaying body of Yvette King. Which, uh, by the way, is no relation to Troy King from the beginning. The badly charred and decaying body of nearby Grangerland, Texas resident Yvette King was killed and dumped by her own daughter, Brandy King, and her acquaintance, Rocco Martin Massell. What a piece of trash. The body of Darkest Penrice was a 25-year-old mother of five. She had been stabbed several times and her body was dumped along the side of the road. No suspects have been arrested. In 2004, a body of 23-year-old Justin Shane Pruitt was discovered in a pile of trash. He suffered multiple stab wounds. And in 1986, the body of a white male between the age of 20 and 30 was found in Crater Lake. He had been shot two times and weighted down with cinder blocks and thrown in the lake. He still remains unidentified. Sounds like a mafia hit if you ask me, but... Well, whatever it may be, the um, Montgomery County Police like have released like uh, drawings of his tattoos and kind of like Whatever they can, I guess, they made of his face. So I can definitely add that in our Instagram post whenever we announce our episode. But looping back to Lisa Michelle Jackson, this is the potentially most shocking part of it. In 1979, the body of 12-year-old Lisa Michelle Jackson was found in a field near Crater Lake. She had been strangled and raped. She went to Washington Junior High School in Conroe. She was found six days after she was kidnapped. She was last seen by her two older brothers. They had been swimming in a nearby lake in Conroe. They decided to leave, but she wanted to stay and enjoy a few more moments in the lake. Her relatives searched neighboring and surrounding areas, but there was no sign of her. Her brother found her tortoiseshell glasses, which had been bent and broken at the intersection of Creekwood and Deep Forest. After three days of searching, they finally reported her missing to the local police. Six days after she was missing... An oiled field worker discovered her body in a wooded area near Crater Lake, which is about a mile from where they were swimming. Her bright blue bikini and shredded t-shirt were found with her naked body. The autopsy confirmed that she was raped and strangled. The only evidence that we know about were some tire tracks that could have led to the killer's vehicle. And it did also have some other evidence that uh, they said they weren't going to release until like 40 years after, which they actually released it in 2018. Um, It was just photographs of the scene. Uh, There were reports of a white station wagon driving really crazy in the neighborhood surrounding where Crater Lake was. But, you know, they did investigate it. They narrowed down the car, but it turned up to be nothing. Um, Throughout the years, there have been several... uh, 
I saw this, I know this, they follow up with it, and it is nothing. False confession. Yeah, they're afraid that at this point it's going to stay cold forever because, you know, it's been 40 plus years, people were dying, people were moving away, you know, things happen. So, unfortunately, this does seem like it is going to be an unsolved case. Um, But looping back, like, her brothers are kind of dicks. Like, you know, if that was my sister, I would bitch and complain about you know having to stay a little longer if i wanted to go but like she's 12 you know but at the same time they weren't that much older regardless they're still no i know i know but most kids would be like oh well i'm gonna stay with you but you know they're still probably teenagers and i guess at the time you know stranger danger one is wasn't as big as it is now so that probably was the last thing on their mind but you don't make like conscious decisions as a teenager literally good uh, excuse me, I did. Well, I mean, I know, but I guess you're the special. I am very special. Special example. My mommy tells me I'm special. Anyways, so. We actually did also go by and drive where this is. It is really like off the beaten path. The road, it turns into a dirt road like 30 feet after you turn onto it. And uh, unfortunately, the like the walking trail to go to where the crater lake was was barbed wired off um it had barbed wire throughout the whole length of it there was one small piece where i could walk through but there was nowhere for me to safely park the car uh, since i had lexi with me to safely park the car so you know she'd be out of the road um i would be interested in going back with someone else driving just so i can get off and like go and take pictures but it did have a really creepy like feel to it you know it was i can i can see it as messed up as it sounds being a good place to hide bodies because there is nothing back there like i think we were there for what 10 minutes and i think one car was driving in and even then it was a work truck you know it's it's really sketch yeah very like i can see how like under the cover of night there's like no street lights out there there's oh yeah if we had gone at night it's like deep conroe yeah if we had gone at night it literally would be like you could not see a damn thing like there's no street lights there's really tall trees in the area so you know moonlight doesn't really get to go through it so you can see but yeah it's i would like to go back i don't know and maybe hide some of the bodies in my closet no that's not funny it's really awful but i hope that someday the families get justice of course especially lisa jackson's family and i know her family just like packed up and moved yeah, and they, whenever they reopened the evidence in 2018, none of the family actually wanted to talk about it, not even the brothers. Like, they didn't even want to say, like, oh, we miss her. They were just like, no comment, lol. I can understand, though. I mean, that probably haunts them every day that they left her. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I, like the, I don't think everybody is, like... Do you think the brothers had anything to do with it? No. You don't think so? I don't think it's teenage boys, no. I mean, come on. I know people have done worse things, but... I don't think so. I guess we'll never know unless someone confesses or someone comes forward, but... I'm sure it was just some sketchy sex offender. I mean, like, out there, it's like nothing. And that's now, so I couldn't even imagine how it was in 1979. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that whole area was dirt road. And, you know, now it's... It's It's dirt road now, like, basically. Well, no, but I mean... There's, like, like nothing out there. The highway to get there is barely been constructed. Like, it's fairly new. Yeah, back then, I'm sure it was a single dirt road to get there and... Well, I guess some things will just stay a mystery. Well, uh, I guess that's the end of the episode. Do you have any uh, podcast-related news you want to tell our listeners? 
I do. I have added a submission form on our Instagram link. It's our bio, but it takes to our link tree and it says new. And so you'll just submit out like this really simple form. And we have already gotten two listener requests, which we're working on the research now and can hopefully, you know, do those episodes in the upcoming ones. Yeah, we'll give you a shout out if you have a good suggestion, obviously. And if not, we'll shame you to hell. Yeah, no. But that's the end of the episode. See ya. Mesa. Is that a Spanish joke? Oh, I thought we were just saying, you know, Spanish furniture. Bye. Bye.